0: As we had a great message from, I know you'll be hurting for, I'll just tell the joke next week, so it'll probably still fit, just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, we have a great message from the youth, and just glad that, you know, God is so faithful, and when we just have that anticipation that God is going to do something in our life, and he does, and so I know that um, you have... Convention services. You have different things that in your life that really spark uh, movement in in your heart from the Lord, and and He's always faithful um, to meet us and to move in our life. And so, I'm just glad for that um, for that message today from the youth. So awesome. We're going to continue. I wanted to um, I wanted to encourage parents and grandparents and uh, however you may be connected to any of these uh, teenagers that were up here and that um, just encourage them in their walk with the Lord and it may be new to them they may have you know they may have some experience in their past but um, just encourage them in their relationship with God and and um, you know just help them that this won't be just a flash in the pan sort of moment but you know that it would be something that you know this is a starting point and and just a uh, moving and growing uh, I was reminded as you know some of you're looking at a thousand students responding to God and and my heart goes back to the first time that I had a powerful moment with God and just the the love of God filling me and I can I remember those times as like a good starting point in my faith and that's what we've uh, seen here and we just want to continue to as as Paul said to Timothy and in first Timothy to fan into flame what God has done um, inside of uh, each of these hearts and so um, help us as a church and and just encourage them and be with them as you uh, see them in everyday life I'll just jump through my introduction really quickly so the rest of my, uh, we'll get to the meat of the uh, message today. We're going to talk about Jesus' uh, seven I am statements that is found in John. So if you want to turn to John, um, we have seven of those and I think the first one's John chapter four or chapter six, sorry. So you could start in John chapter six. Uh, Basically what I was going to say is talk a little bit about um the world and how the world needs Jesus. There's a lot of stuff happening in our world and with Israel is is in war uh still today for the past couple weeks. I was gonna talk a little bit of how God created mankind and he he made a covenant with the nation of Israel through Abraham and and um how he's chosen Israel as his you know, chosen ones, favored um, people for, for kind of the bloodline of Jesus to be born through and, and a lot of things in the world that take place through. Um, and so I was going to kind of talk about that and how Israel needs Jesus. The Jews need Jesus. Um, the ones that are fighting them and that they're responding and, and fighting back to, they need Jesus. Jesus loves them too. Jesus loves everybody. He just favors Israel a little bit more. I'm not too jealous of of that because I know he loves me too. Um, but the the scripture calls us to bless them and, and to support them, and that if if we bless, he's going to bless those who bless them, and he'll curse those who curse them. And so we want to be in support of Israel. You know, they we may not agree with every single thing that they do, and they may respond in a way that, you know, through history, when you read the Bible and see how, you know, some of their leaders acted, God disciplined them, you know, and so it wasn't a relationship that God has with them that they can do whatever they want, and they're blessed, and okay, it's not that type of relationship, okay, but, um, but we know that we need to support them through prayer, and we'll pray for them, and that um, God will just bring peace to that land, and that he'll show them there's many Jews that don't believe in Jesus, and they need to. And there's a lot of ministries that, um, that are ministering to them. And so God loves the Jews. He loves the Palestinians they're fighting with today. He loves you. He loves the United States. I was going to give some statistics of how bad sin and evil is in the United States, that we need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. We, we all need Jesus. And what's that look like? I could pound the pulpit and say, the world needs Jesus. But what's that? what's that mean? What do they need? What can he do for them? What would he be to them if we share the gospel with them and tell them, oh, Jesus loves you. What, what, can, he, what can he do in their life to help them? There's a lot of things in, in the Bible and that tell us about that. Today, I'm going to try to focus on seven statements that Jesus made, and we call them the I am statements, and we have a little symbol of each one that he, uh, each, each one he uses. So these are quotes from Jesus when he says, I am the bread of life i am the light of the world i am i am i am so we would call those the jesus i am statements we're going to look at those and and they're going to help us to see who jesus is and what he can do in the world and in you in your life in, in those who don't know him those who are fighting And those evil in in the United States, and that are uh, in human trafficking, and murder, and uh, drugs—all you know—all the evil that's in the world—how can Jesus be of an impact to them? So I'm going to start in uh, John chapter six, verse thirty-five. Jesus says, "I am the bread of life." Jesus, in this moment, has just fed. 5,000 uh, people miraculously, right? even more than that when you count the women and children. And, and later in the evening was when he would walk on the water to, his, uh, to the disciples. Um, but the next day, the people find him on the other side of the lake. They were searching for Jesus. They have this long dialogue and, um, about was he sent by God? Um, and how would they know if he was? They ask him for a sign. And in verse 31, they ask specifically, they recall that um, their forefathers were given manna uh, from heaven daily. If you, re- if you remember, as the Israelites were wandering in the desert, God would rain down manna. It was a type of a bread, and they would collect it every morning Have enough for the day, and then sure enough, the next day it would rain again, manna, and they would collect it. So they were recalling literally, literally, that God would provide bread for them daily, and they wanted um they wanted Jesus to give them a sign, and Jesus replies that though they were being led by Moses, it was God that sent the bread from heaven and who now sends the true bread from heaven. And, he, and Jesus says, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The people aren't really understanding what this means. What, what is Jesus uh, implying here? And they reply, sir, give us that bread every day just like you gave the manna. If you're saying that the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replies to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. He had a similar conversation with the woman at the well when she's drawing water to drink And every day she has to go back to the well. And Jesus makes a statement of, I have living water that you'll never get thirsty. And she well, how do you do that? And it opens kind of a similar conversation. Jesus is the one who sustains and nourishes our spiritual life. A commentary I was reading says, God has created an innate desire in people for eternal life. And there exists in the unregenerate a lack of wholeness, a longing for completeness, and a search to fill a void in their heart. Jesus fills that hole in their heart, in their life. He's what they're searching for, and they don't know that yet, and we probably know people... Uh, in our life, and we can see people in the world that obviously need Jesus, and they're obviously longing, they're needing something more, and Jesus is what they need, and and we pray that they would find him. The second one uh, is, I am the light of the world. If you turn to John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. An interesting context here, uh, later in verse 20, if you want to read that, is just a statement about what was happening. So if you have a red letter Bible, there's a lot of red. And then there's uh, verse 20, is, is uh, just information of the scene. And it talks that uh, Jesus is in the temple area, and he's near the treasury, near the offering receptacles, where people would come and bring their offering into the temple. Is where this is happening. Where this moment is happening. Okay, and if you uh, if you could see what this was, how this room was set up with this offering, with this treasury boxes. There would be, it's in the temple and um, outside, and there would be tall poles, tall pillars that would have a flame on the top. So it, it probably wasn't like a candle, but if you could picture a tall candle, but the flame being on top, and the flame would light up that area of the of the temple and so there'd be different uh pillars like that with the flame that was literally lighting up the area so when jesus is giving this talk he uh is seeing them uh, and he's saying i am the light of the world just like these uh these pillars these these flames light up this area he uses them as an illustration that um that he is the light of the world. He gives guidance to us. He lights up the the dark world that's around us. He is the light of the world. But Jesus isn't the only light of the world. And I'll pose the question to you. Jesus is the light of the world, but Who else is the light of the world? We are. are. Jesus tells us um, that you are the light of the world in Matthew 5 verse 14. You are the light of the world. We can't generate light, but we reflect it. Jesus is the light, and we're reflecting that light to others. Jesus is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Jesus' desire is that the whole world would know him. All the dark places, all the evil would be lit up with Jesus shining through us. Light is related to truth. You know the old saying, let's shine some light on the topic. When you want to, um, you know, when criminals are being You know question they shine a light on them to make them sweat it out right and so uh, it means to see the truth light is also related to the bread bread emphasizes the means and the source of life whereas light emphasizes the result the ability to know god and relate to him it's what jesus and the holy spirit accomplish at salvation when we say oh we see the light we found the light it's the flame it's the fire that's set off in our hearts in our life when we meet jesus when his light shines in us and is reflected he's reflected out of us amen the next two sayings are are close in similarity um, but they have different um, distinct differences uh, we just got done studying Psalms 23, how the Lord is our shepherd and all of that. Um, this kind of goes along with it. We, uh, in John 10, we're going to jump to John 10. Yep. Um, throughout scripture, as we've learned in the past weeks, there's different times that Jesus, uh, or that we're taught that the Lord is, is like a shepherd. In this moment where Jesus is uh, about to make some more statements uh, on, you know, relating to that. He's in a discussion with the Pharisees and some of the religious leaders that were there um, concerning the healing of a blind man that just took place, if you read the, the chapter, the section right before this. Okay, and there, the the Pharisees want to know um, how he was born blind, who sinned we 've kind of talked about how they used to believe that, and the Pharisees have questioned the man about who healed him, um, who did this to you. they should be happy, um, but they 're really questioning him who did who healed you, and the guy realizes in this moment that jesus he at first he doesn 't know who the man was, and through Jesus talking and through this so it's, it's not just a one moment. It's kind of a longer moment. He realizes that Jesus is son of God. He bows down and he worships him. And Jesus makes these comments about spiritual blindness. Kind of turns it on the Pharisees who are questioning him and basically tells them that you're blind spiritually, which goes over very well, by the way. No, it doesn't. It obviously makes them upset. And so Jesus then addresses the whole crowd that has gathered, and he uses this figure of speech of the shepherd. And he tells them that um, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. And the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. And so he's comparing uh, false teachers to himself. He's comparing the Pharisees to the Messiah. And he goes on to tell of, of how the sheep know the shepherd's voice and they follow him. But they'll never follow a stranger's voice. They won't recognize a stranger's voice. And so his first statement in John 10, 7 and 9, both places, he says that I am the door of the sheep. No one... Uh, so he is the way, he is the, uh, the gate to uh, the kingdom. No one can enter the kingdom of God by any other way except through Jesus. When you look at the kind of the cultural uh, context of this statement, and, and I, I don't have time to go into the whole ordeal, but when he's talking about I am the door of the sheep, When they would have uh, his uh, flock and he would have his pasture, they would have stones around it that were tall enough that sheep weren't able to get out. And so he could have, you know, bring them into the pen, let them eat there. But there was only one way in and one way out. Um, This was to protect the sheep from escaping, but it was also to protect other, you know, predators that might try to come in. And so they would have this opening, one way in, one way out. But instead of a physical gate or a physical door, the shepherd would lay down in that spot, in that opening. And he would protect the sheep from leaving, and he would protect the the sheep from others coming in. And it's a powerful illustration to see that Jesus is our door. He is the way for us. To get into the kingdom of God, and to protect us from the false teachers, from the others, from the enemy who's prowling around trying to uh, knock us out. And we've kind of studied that the past several weeks. When we are with Jesus, He helps us not to wander away. He helps us to know the truth and not be falling into the deception of the um, the false teachers. So He is the door. The fourth one, in verses 11 and 14 of John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this is foretelling of his uh, death on the cross for our sins. He will go on to talk of how he will rise up again. Verse 14, he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus knows you. He knows us. There's some evidence that uh, shepherds would would name their sheep. And they would have these names for them. And don't want to get into the long story, but uh, sometimes when they would bring flocks together and other shepherds would be around the same area, you know, hanging out, doing whatever shepherds do, And when it was time for them to go and separate, they would call out to their sheep. Their sheep would recognize their voice. They wouldn't go to any other shepherd. They would go to their shepherd. And they would gather their flock and be able to move to the next spot or whatever they were doing. Jesus knows us, and we need to know his voice. We know his voice. We recognize his voice, and we need to follow him, and we'll be safe. We could go on a whole nother sermon about following other voices in our life. There's so many voices out there uh, trying to get our attention, trying to get us to follow them, and we need to pay attention to the voice of God and follow that. Recognize, learn to recognize His voice in our life. The fifth one, I am the resurrection And the life is found in John 11. Jesus makes this statement in response to Martha, telling him that, and if if you would have been here earlier, Lazarus would not have died. So you can remember that story. You can read it as we're talking in these moments. But I know that even now, that God will give you whatever you ask, Martha says. Martha continues. And Jesus promises her that her brother will rise again. And she replies back, well, yeah, I I know he's going to rise again in the last days when there's a resurrection. And, um, you know, we're still looking forward to that. God's going to come back and all of us will resurrect to be with him. That's what she's referring to. Okay? But Jesus makes the statement in that moment and says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is our source of life. Like he is the bread of life. He is life-giving, life-sustaining life giving life sustaining What he is saying here is that even though we die physically, those who believe in Jesus live eternally, right? In the resurrection, Jesus will return in the clouds and we who are alive will rise up with him. The dead in Christ will rise up with him. All of that can be found in 1 Thessalonians 2 chapter 4. That's what he's, uh, he's referring to there. Um, but in that moment, when, when Martha is saying, that's great, but Lazarus is still dead, okay? Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection. He ends up raising Lazarus uh, miraculously uh, back to life. And it's a powerful moment that shows that Jesus is the source of life. Number six, John chapter 14. Okay? I see some eyes nodding off. Your five minutes is up. You got to wake up. Come on, get back up. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, the sixth one, John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This statement is made uh, in response to a question from Thomas. Thomas, the um, disciple, is known for being what? Doubting, right? He was the one that didn't believe that Jesus had risen. I have to see uh, the nails in his hand. I don't believe it, okay? This is before all that. Jesus has told his disciples that he is going to prepare a place for them. Um, It's going to be his father's house. And that they know the way to that place. And in typical fashion, I would probably be the same way. The disciples don't know what he's talking about. They don't know the way Uh, he is implying that they do. And so Thomas is the one bold enough to say, listen, uh, we we don't know the way actually. Do you want to tell us that? Like help us out here. And that's when Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Jesus is the way. Mankind's sin had separated us from God the Father and separated us from our access to heaven to eternal life, but Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection has bridged that gap and has provided the way For all of us to have redemption and to redeem that relationship between us and God and to grant us that access to Him. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. He is the living word. He brings truth to our lives. If we are living for Him and we're allowing Him to rule our life, then deceit will have no place In our life, too often we lie to ourselves or to others, and Jesus helps us to live in truth. Jesus, being the truth, also represents God keeping his promise, his covenant of redeeming mankind through which we can have life life that's everlasting, life that's eternal. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and the life. Finally, the last one, John 15, verse 1 and 5. Jesus says, I am the true vine. The vine is frequently used in Old Testament as a symbol of Israel. It was often shown as inadequate or lacking in some way. But in this illustration, Jesus describes himself as the true vine and his followers as the branches. By remaining attached to him as the source of life, they produce fruit. And we see that in Galatians chapter 5, what this fruit should be. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But we must abide in him or remain in him to carry out our purpose and our mission. I had a quick illustration of a, you know, if a tree falls or a branch falls off a tree and lands on the ground, it doesn't start rooting and growing, and oh, now we have two trees, so let's just cut all the trees down and have multiple. That's not the way it works. If a branch falls down, it's going to die, right? We have to remain, we have to abide with him. I'll have uh, Nathan, and Amanda, if you would come and prepare to close the service. I really wanted to focus on this last statement of being, he is the vine, and remaining with him as I kind of opened the the message that the world needs Jesus, Israel needs Jesus, their enemies need Jesus, the United States, we really need Jesus, right? I need Jesus. We can get all of what Jesus has by remaining on the vine. If we separate ourselves from that, we separate ourselves from all that he has for us. It's true that He is all of these things. The shepherd, the, the light, the way, the door. He's, he's all these things. What our world needs, okay? they need His love and they need His joy. They need His goodness, His faithfulness, His peace, His patience. They need all of that in their life. We all do. Sometimes when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's more of you need to be uh, displaying that to others. Today, I kind of want to talk about, you know, kind of, not talk about, but um, I want you to know that to have love, joy, peace, patience, to have that, you have to remain on the vine. You have to be part of the vine. You have to be on the tree to get it. To be able to display it. So I'm, I'm talking the world needs Jesus and that the world needs to attach themselves to the vine. They need to be part of his life, part of uh, have him be in their life and they'll see all of these things. He is our bread of life that sustains us daily as we, we remain in the vine. as a result of living, On the bread of life, we are the light in a world full of darkness. With Jesus as the light of our world, he guides us like a good shepherd. As a shepherd, he opens the door to the way, to the truth, and to life. And in the end, when he returns, he will call and all those who have remained in him who have abided in him, who have stayed on the way, who have not wandered off out of the sheep pen or broken off of the vine. All will, re- will meet him and will be with him forever. Would you stand with me as we close today? I want to encourage you and if, you've, uh, if something in this message has hit your heart, I'd love to pray with you about it as we close in song today. And if you need Jesus to be any one of these things in your life, you can reach out to Him today. If God's given you a burden for uh, some part of the world that needs Jesus, and pray for them today. Pray for Israel, pray for Palestine, the other countries there. Pray for the United States. There's a group of people here in the U.S., pray for them. They need Jesus. They need this. They need to attach themselves to the vine. They need to become part of His family. Heavenly Father, God, I love you, Lord, and I thank you uh, for this message, and I pray that you would speak to each person, Lord. Whatever they're praying for in this moment, God, that you would just bless them, help them, Lord. We do pray that the world would find you, Jesus, that you would take all the ministries, all the missionaries, all the people, all the Christians. They may be hiding out in in countries being threatened for their life because they believe in you, but they're trying to spread your word to the lost, that you would bless them today. Give them favor, give them help to be able to reach those people. God, we pray for the United States that you've placed us in. Lord, that you would help us to reach them. Lord, and this prayer pray a blessing. So family, if uh, you would like uh, to pray for any, any of this, please, as we close in song, be in prayer. If you'd like me to pray with you about anything, uh, I'll be right up here. But uh, let's close in this song and spend the next few moments in prayer.